0: Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast, Sold Out. With me, your host, Freddy Iloso, with my co-host, Anthony, the Encyclopedia.
1: And gentlemen, this is a call to all you fathers out there. If you don't like Shayna Baszler's language, you could be a father and tell them that she's a terrible person and they shouldn't like her for that. Or that they will get grounded and their tablets taken away if they ever do what they saw her do. She doesn't give a crap about your kids, so she's not going to modify her behavior for any of them.
0: Boom, boom, boom!
1: And there you have it, straight from the horse's mouth herself, Shayna Baszler. And that is actually our new one of our new features. That is the tweet of the week. Shayna Baszler ripping on a father who basically said. If you want to pull something like this, I'm okay with it. But my kids were watching, so... If you aren't going to keep it to PG, say you should say so. Okay, so when I'm about... To, if I'm a wrestler and I'm about to cut a promo... By the way, folks, I'm not going to be PG, so you might want to mute. Now let me cut my promo.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's horrible. <laughs> like... I'm sure that dad, when he was watching as a kid... He didn't care what happened. Right. So now... There's – I'm going to go off on a little tangent real quick. Sounds good. There's such a double standard for wrestling fans. Like, it drives me up a fucking wall. Like, I can't understand it. You get you get pissed off when WWE does something, but then AEW turns around does the same thing, and then you're like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing in the world. And then you complain and you bitch and moan about something that a wrestler does on the side – and then it just it doesn't make sense. Like, either make up your mind and just enjoy it or don't. And then another thing that blew my mind this week, somebody was posting on one of the pages that we are a part of that I, it wasn't one of the guys in the group. It was somebody else who saw a picture online. But somebody just randomly went up to Arn Anderson's house this morning And got his autograph, knocked on his door and got his autograph. I would beat the living shit out of you if you just randomly showed up at my house asking for an autograph. That's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. That's a grown man in his home, probably sleeping because he got home late. Like, are you people just out of your fucking minds? Like, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. You need to be institutionalized because that's ridiculous. Ran over. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Uh, no, actually,
1: I, I'm impressed. <laughs> I didn't hear about this. That Somebody actually went up to his house? Yeah,
0: there's photo evidence. He actually signed it because he's half a decent human being. But, like, to just randomly find somebody's address, walk up to their house, and ask for an autograph... Is beyond me. Wouldn't be able to do it. I just, I don't understand it. I'm,
1: I'm, a, I mean, admittedly, I've been, I've always been too chicken shit to pull stuff like that. So that's, that's just terrible. Um, wow, uh, folks, it's entertainment, you know. But for them, it's while they might be enjoying what they're doing, they might enjoy the interaction. It is also a, their job. Okay, someone gonna come. Running up to you at your job and ask for your autograph, or uh, show up at your house after hours—I mean, you'd be pissed. Come on, common decency. Let's go.
0: It's, it doesn't make sense to me, man. These guys are
1: bugging out. The sense of entitlement is—it's getting out of hand. Seriously, uh, wow. I, I... If you're if you're that guy and you're listening to the show. I'm just going to let you know, don't ever show up at my doorstep or I will call the cops.
0: <laughs> ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But we got some topics this week. We got a watch along at the end of this episode. Let's jump into it, Encyclopedia. What do we got?
1: All right. So first off, we'll start with uh, we'll start with WWE. A uh, lot of go- things going on here. Uh, first off, uh, not a major thing, but for those of you that might not be aware, a little history. So we all know that NXT is really the developmental league for the WWE. It has been that way for several years but prior to that they were on a much smaller scale as far as developmental went and the group back then was actually called Florida Championship Wrestling and it literally looked like they just found an oversized conference room in like a convention hall or something and just like they would put like two or three rows of chairs around the ring I guess. Um and that was where some of the guys like Roman Reigns, uh, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, a lot of the guys that eventually made it out of NXT actually got their start for WWE in Florida Championship Wrestling. There was a documentary that is rumored to debut on the WWE Network next month about that. So I think this is really cool. I've seen some, of, some footage here and there. Uh, some of it was Punk, some of it was Roman Reigns. Folks, if you don't know... Roman Reigns actually used to rustle in just tights. I'm sure the ladies will like that. He did, with a lot less tattoos. Very true, very true. So that's coming out next month. I thought that was pretty cool. That'll be interesting to check out. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of good stuff coming out on the network, which uh, is interesting that all the stuff's coming out now with the rumor that they are going to sell the streaming of some of their events, possibly, the streaming rights. So uh, stay tuned on that. Um, another, another interesting thing... Uh, the Hall of Fame 2020 class. Uh, we mentioned the rumors a few weeks ago that the Bellas would be going in, uh, Juice and Thunder Liger would be going in. It hasn't been formally announced yet, but those are the rumors. Two new names have been mentioned, and actually I believe one of them we might have mentioned on this show. If we didn't, I apologize, but I know Freddie and I talked about this at some point. The British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, finally taking his place in the WWE Hall of Fame. That is rumored, and that the Hall Hart family has been invited to Tampa for that one.
0: Finally, man. It's about time Davey Boy got his due.
1: So I'm sure there'll be a segment on a future episode of Total Divas with them all shacking up at Natalia's house. <laughs> yep. Very true. Oh, God, that's going to be terrible. Um, but for Davey Boy Smith, you know, well overdue. Uh, he's put them he, – he, he was a big presence for them with the international market, especially the European market.
0: SummerSlam 92, that was huge.
1: Yeah, the one time, ta- the really, I think it's one of the few, uh, it was the first time that a WWE pay-per-view actually was main evented by the Intercontinental Championship and not, uh, yeah. you know, some sort of tag match or the WWE title or something along those lines. Uh, Davy Boy Smith defeating the Bret-, Bret the Hitman Hart there. Uh, and speaking of Bret Hart, uh, there was quite a history between him and Davy Boy even before that match. Baby Boy Smith was one half of the tag team champions, the British Bulldogs, with Dynamite Kid in the mid-80s. They both came over from Stampede Wrestling, as did Brett. Um, So he had quite a tag team career prior to that, so really double-fold. He was part of WrestleMania II. Ozzy Osbourne was actually in his corner for their tag team title opportunity (laughs) against the Dream Team. Uh, That took place at the then-Rosemont Horizon. Now I believe it's called the All-State. Arena in Rosemont, sure. Illinois. So, a lot of history there. Uh, he's he's one of those names that people have been surprised hasn't been inducted yet, especially when Jim Nighthard went in. Not to knock Jim Nighthard, but he was really known for the Hart Foundation and not much more than that. So, congratulations once yep. once that's official. You know, hats off to him. Uh, the, the late great Davy Boy Smith, and then uh, the. Uh, do you have you mentioned that intercontinental title match at SummerSlam. Any other Davy Boy Smith moments that stood out for you?
0: Um, the European Championship. Yeah. The introduction of the European Championship. That was that was a big one, and you know I will I'll always remember Davy Boy with the long braided hair. You know, super jacked out like that. That was the Davy Boy I remember um the early days when he would come out with the bulldog and all that stuff those were those were the fond memories of david boy even even though when he was with uh the heart foundation in the late 90s during the attitude era he was still a badass with like the jorts and you know the the short buzz cut it was, it was still pretty cool he was still a badass
1: yeah so the, the first dog uh was matilda hmm yeah. Which, they actually, they did a whole storyline where Bobby Heenan and the Islanders had kidnapped Matilda.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they had that segment, at, I think it was WrestleMania 4, where they actually had Matilda attack Bobby Heenan, who came out to Russell in the in a six-man tag with the Islanders against the Bulldogs and Coco Beware, and Bobby <laughs> Heenan had, like, a dog, like, trainer's outfit on to protect him.
0: Yeah, I remember that. Pretty cool.
1: His singles run, he had Winston. So he definitely kept that going. And then, uh... There was the whole dog food incident with uh, Ken Shamrock. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, when he changed his look a little bit. He came. He went to WCW, unfortunately, uh, got slammed onto a steel trap door that was meant for the warrior in a WCW ring. But when he came back, there was that feud with The Rock, which I guess was really his last shining moment. And I remember him, unfortunately, getting rock-bottomed into, I can't remember if it was dog shit or dog food. Mm-hmm. But Either way, Doc. Yeah. So, and then the other Hall of Fame name that's been rumored uh, is actually the rustling god, John Bradshaw Layfield. Well, uh, you don't like that one, huh? Nah,
0: doesn't do it for me. Right. There's, a lot of,
1: there's a lot of other
0: guys that... Should be in that R and N before John Bradshaw Layfield
1: goes in. In my opinion. okay, uh, I'm I'm not I'm not going to disagree with that. There are other people that are probably more deserving, but I I, I I'm okay with him Hall of Famer. I mean, he had the tag team with Ron Simmons APA. Mm-hmm. He had his run. know yeah. He had his run as the WWE champion. He was the longest reigning SmackDown champion, and actually was the one that put Cena over. That really put Cena to that main event level. Um, just found them very entertaining. The cabinet uh, came back as a commentator, and actually one of the big reasons behind the tribute to the troop shows that we get every year. I mean, granted, when they first started, which was when he was really involved, um, they were actually going to actual camps uh, where the troops were stationed overseas, not to some rent, the camp of choice for the for the U.S. internally, but He, he, just some of the he, when heel announcers were becoming a thing of the past, he kind of brought it back. Yeah. Once he started going behind the microphone, I mean, sometimes he took it too far. I know there was that whole Nazi goose step incident in Germany that he almost got. Caused a a riot. Yeah. Quite a businessman. If I want stock advice, he's my guy. You
0: know. (laughs) Yeah, he can make some money.
1: Absolutely. Uh, which, uh, update, so far, I've I've been making money on my WWE stock purchase. woo Let's get it. I think I made a whole couple hundred bucks at this point. Nice. There we go. Oh, oh, I'll give the update. No, no, no. <laughs> you guys don't care about that. All right. Uh, I, so uh, another, another thing that was mentioned recently, um, Eve Torres called out uh, everyone's favorite president, Donald Trump, for an incident back in 2009. uh, I think it was around 2009. Actually, it might have been earlier than that. Um, But there was that whole angle where Trump owned Monday Night Raw, and apparently there was a photo taken of him with some of the divas. And She actually posted the photo on her Instagram. Um, It's kind of pixelated, but apparently he got a little touchy-feely with her. Yeah.
0: I mean it it sucks, it's a whole shitty situation, but he's been president for how long now? And now she comes out with it? Almost four years, like I'm far from into politics and all that shit. But you could have come out with this a while ago. To come out with it now, I guess it's an election year, I guess whatever, but that eh. is this is how I feel about it.
1: It's interesting timing, I will say that. Um, I mean, you see the photo.
0: It looks shitty. It's a, it. It looks like a very shitty situation.
1: Yeah, and not being in their shoes, I feel like some of it might be just the the way the world was back then. They were probably afraid of losing their jobs. I mean, there was there's rumors supposedly that Ashley Massaro back in the day, uh, God rest. God rest her soul, um, that there was an incident with her with the military that she got drugged and basically got raped and supposedly she was told to shut up about it and avenge. but over time, whether or not that was accurate, whether she took it back, I'm not sure. Sh- I, I, the details on that are fuzzy. Uh, I, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, I, I don't fault her for it, um, but she's actually turned it into a positive. Married to Anna Gracie, she's does a lot of women empowerment, women defensive training. So good good for her. Um, as far as Trump goes, he's always been a womanizer. He's always been a piece of shit in that respect. So it is what it is. So um, th- did you hear about the Kurt Angle? Uh, he was on an interview with Carl Frampton and Chris Lloyd for Joe TKO.
0: Yes, I, I did get to hear some of that about his quality of life. Now he's struggling to deal with being sober and all that stuff. That's that's gotta suck, man. That's a very tough situation to be in. I personally don't know how he's able to do it. Like I know people with addiction and that's just a shitty life to have to continue to every day make that step to like force yourself and make that progress and not fall back into your bad habits and you know more power to him i I wish him nothing but the best and i hope he continues that good fight
1: yeah absolutely i mean some of the stuff he revealed in this interview i my mouth just dropped i mean we knew he was crazy and he won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck but but according to him he had three neck surgeries uh, he, he went to a doctor that was easy to manipulate, so he would just, he would talk this guy into clearing him to go back early every single time, and this was well before WWE had a wellness policy, so mm-hmm. I, I, today, and I, this is probably, probably the reason why Angle was never really in the ring that often when he returned, but, I mean, he claims he broke his neck four times in WWE. H- how the hell do you even stand? I mean, I always said when he came back, he always stood funny, and I knew he had the one or two neck incidents, but four times?
0: Yeah, that that's nuts. I'm surprised he's still walking at this point.
1: Yeah, seriously. That's yeah, just nuts. I mean, maybe he's not addicted to painkillers, but maybe he's got to be getting some prescription medication, I would think, to help him through that, because...
0: There, there's got to be something there. Something. Yeah. All
1: right, so, uh, no, another interesting topic, and actually this kind of di- continues on with uh, another gentleman that had a wrestling history, not necessarily a professional wrestling, but amateur wrestling. Uh, former UFC light heavyweight champion Tito Ortiz was spotted at the Performance Center.
0: I'm so over 800 fucking year old Tito Ortiz. And <laughs> I'm so over it. I've been over Tito Ortiz for like 10 years now since he left UFC. Like, I get his whole you know, crossover, but it's like 15 years too late. He's past his prime. He's, what, almost 50 at this point?
1: Uh, 45.
0: 45. 45. Like, Tito, give it up, B. You're coming back for fights with Alberto Del Rio, and you finally were able to beat Chuck Liddell, again, 30 years too late because you couldn't beat him in his prime because he beat your ass twice. I was I was a Tito fan, man. I was a Tito fan, but now I'm just I'm over it.
1: When we got guys like Undertaker and Sting still wanting to have matches, and Shawn Michaels comes out of retirement for that blood money, and I the guy Tito could cut a promo. I'm not against it. As a couple, you know, give, give give him a shot. Let's see how he does. He might shock everybody. I mean, a lot of people referenced TNA and Impact when he. Did some stuff with them. But I'd be curious to see how he did. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily bring him up onto the WWE roster unless they were really 100% sure that he could handle it and he could go. I'm okay with it. I mean, right now, so far, all that's been said is that he was, did some training there and nothing more. Yeah. Well, I, Like I said, when we got guys wrestling into the 50, I mean, when we go to Northeast Wrestling and see Jerry Lawler, 70 years old, still wrestling, <laughs> I mean...
0: It's true, man. It's very, very true.
1: So, I'm okay with it. Uh, it, it. It is meant to be entertaining, and I don't think he'll... I don't think he'd make a total fool of himself like some of the other people we've seen. But Alright, uh, next thing. Uh, c- got some contract news that has leaked out. Uh, first off, Shelton Benjamin was a guest on Chasing Glory. Uh, Lillian garcia's podcast comes out every monday and during the conversation he revealed he signed a new multi-year wwe contract extension which i thought was hilarious um you got you got two ways of looking at things these days uh you could either be somebody that wants to actually go somewhere in your career have maybe have some creative control what have you turn down big money contracts and go to aew Uh, john moxley is a prime example of that um and the revival looks like could be in that boat. Matt Hardy could be on that on that same ship soon enough. And then you got someone like Shelton Benjamin, who apparently during the interview did complain about uh, how he gets used sometimes, but yet he signed he signed the money he signed for the money. So, uh,
0: gotta get that paper, man.
1: I guess I, I you know what I guess towards the, it's the tail end of his career. I'm not I don't hate it um, for him at least. Maybe he'll help the next generation.
0: He's, he's like a glorified jobber at this point now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Maybe they should have him reteam up with Brock Lesnar as the Minnesota Wrecking Crew.
0: <laughs> yeah, you never know. A one-night only.
1: Yeah, well, so Shelton Benjamin, he'll still be jobbing out on main event uh, the next several years. And then uh, and actually, interesting, he ended up with another match after he said he had his last Monday Night Raw match. Uh, but... MVP, apparently, backstage producer for the WWE.
0: I'm all right with it. I feel like more more eyes, more producers, younger producers that can be more in tune with culture and the generation mm-hmm. that we're living in now, I'm mm-hmm. all for it.
1: Yeah, he, I mean the guy. The guy could definitely cut a promo and get the fans going, whether it was heel or face. So I will give him that. I, I think that's where his strength lies. I, if it's showing guys how to wrestle matches, not that he was, not that he was terrible. He was never terrible, but he's not. He wasn't great. I, there's not most of what I remember about him are moments, not matches.
0: I can agree with that.
1: Yeah, I mean he had his series with. Um, the Valdemort of WWE, he who shall not be named Chris Benoit. I think those were the closest thing to memorial. He had his feud with Matt Hardy. Uh, but other than that, I don't feel like there's a whole lot there. Uh, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, that's for sure.
0: I'd personally put him with the Street Profits. Put him with the Street Profits. Let him let him be their mouthpiece. And yeah, I think it'd be freaking phenomenal. I think they could, they could bust some ass and really move up the rung there with a, an actual mouthpiece, even though I'm not saying uh, this dude can get a promo because he can kind of promo like nobody's business. But the other guy, he kind of lacks it.
1: Angelo Dawkins is weaker in that. Uh, Montez Force definitely. But you know what? I think they do well enough that if he was a backstage presence for them, like maybe you see you have him do, backstage doing skits with that. Maybe he's their agent, but not necessarily their manager at ringside. I think that I can that, that mm-hmm. be on board with. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. I could go. I could, I could go with that. Um, speaking of the street profits, apparently next week, which we will have our super showdown preview next early next week, uh, or by the middle of next week, the street profits will be challenging Seth Rollins and Murphy, not buddy. Murphy. Because Vince likes one-named wrestlers, sure. Murphy, tag team title match at Super Showdown. I'm I, i I'm guessing it's going to end in a schmazz or something. I, I just feel like the Street Profits, first off, I think they, they get hot, the fans get behind them, and all of a sudden they're off TV for a while. Um, I, I, I want them to get built up over, have them on TV like four or five weeks in a row, feuding with the Rollins and Murphy and... As we talked about several times, get that tag team title win at at WrestleMania in Tampa. Yeah,
0: I agree with you. I think this is going to be the start to their WrestleMania moment run, and they'll get screwed over here somehow by maybe by AOP or whatever. But I, I think this is going to lead to their WrestleMania moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that's the case. I, I I hope it's not a sake of they're going to have the title switch there in Saudi Arabia just for the sake of having the fans be happy with one result because I'm not sure how the Saudi Arabians are going to take The Fiend beating Goldberg if that's what happens. No. It's actually interesting how they've stacked this card for Raw. I think on the SmackDown side, I think I counted it's Bailey and whoever is challenging her, which we'll find out on SmackDown this week. Uh, you're going to have The Fiend and Goldberg, so that's only one real lack of SmackDown person in that match. And then we got... Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. Oh, wow. So I might not see either one of them on SmackDown this week. Big fucking deal. That, mm-hmm. that feud should have been over a while uh, while ago. And it's, Yeah, every time we think it's over, it gets extended again. Yeah, exactly. But uh should, should be a nice uh, glorified house show, as Stevie G would say. Yeah, for sure. Um, what I did like, what I liked and I didn't like at the same time, we are, at least started announcing, we announced our first match for the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, which is barely a week and a half after this. What I found interesting is the participants and why this match is even happening. We know Shayna Baszler is challenging Becky Lynch for the Women's Championship on the Raw side at WrestleMania. Why do we need an Elimination Chamber match between her, Natalia, Ruby Riott, Sarah Mo- Logan, Liv Morgan, and Asuka? We don't need that. If you wanted to have Baszler face someone not one-on-one like a Natalia just to get her over at that show, maybe she puts Becky Lynch out and she ends up having a one-on-one match just to get her over because people on the Raw side haven't seen a ton of her. I'm okay. I'd am i be okay with that. Or maybe you do a tag match. Maybe a six-man. You could have had Becky and two others face Shayna. And I guess maybe the tag champs, Asuka and Kairi Sane. I mean, Kairi Sane has been sitting on the sidelines lately. She's just been doing job duty for whoever Asuka's going to face next. Yeah, basically. And where's the women's tag team title? It's like, oh, we, we forgot to establish teams, so we're just going to have Asuka go solo. Yeah. I don't know, what what do you think? Do you think this match is a good idea, or do you think this is terrible? I mean, I'm going to this show live, so I'm a little disappointed in what the rumored Elimination Chamber matches are, and this one's official, it's been announced.
0: I I think it's just, they gotta make a show, and they've already booked it in advance, and everybody knows what's gonna happen, so they've gotta just fill the eight slots in the chamber for something. And this is what we're getting
1: yeah I don't know I almost I almost think it would have been interesting to announce this match and then have Shane attack Becky at least if you did in the reverse order the match had already been announced
0: yeah that made sense <sighs> they kind of pulled the trigger a little too quick on that one
1: yeah uh so other news uh first off the Tony Ferguson award goes to Samoa Joe <laughs> Samoa Joe pulled to Tony Ferguson uh, in this case for those of you that don't know Tony Ferguson about two or three years ago was set to face Khabib Nurmagomedov to settle the undisputed lightweight championship in the UFC and about a week or so before the show Tony Ferguson was doing promo uh, promotional work for UFC on ESPN and took a wrong step coming off the stage and popped his
0: knee a c l
1: Four times that fight was announced. We're going for the fu- we're going for it again in April. Uh, we'll see what happens if that one actually gets to the cage. We still got too
0: for something to happen for this fight.
1: Oh my god! I've been waiting for this fight for years, and I'm like, it's been announced four times. What's going to happen next? It's going to be you watch. Ferguson's something's going to happen with Ferguson. Maybe he's going to have an issue at home again or something, and McGregor's going to get what he wants. We'll see. But anyway, for those of you that are wondering why I gave. I joked that this is the award for Samoa Joe. So apparently Samoa Joe was doing a commercial for the WWE, and he got injured. Apparently he hit his head against a prop or something, and they're not sure how long he's going to be out for. It could be a long time. I, I tell you, this poor guy. He can't. Every time. He really can't. Yeah, it's like every time you think he's going to get on a roll, something happens.
0: I think they should just put him behind the announce table. Let him let him do the good job that he was doing there. And once he's cleared, bring him back. But I think it's going to be a long time before we see Smojo in the ring again.
1: It freaking sucks because I felt like he could have beat Brock for that belt at goodness gracious, great balls of fire. But <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to it's hard for us to as fans to expect the WWE to put the machine behind a guy that always seems to get injured every time he gets hot. Yeah,
0: it's man. Very true.
1: Oh well. Uh, in other news, uh, Sasha Banks, apparently she's going to be on the second season of Star Wars, the Mandalorian.
0: Okay. Well, she's got the hair for it. She's got the right hair. We can bring her in. She could be, uh, somebody there. I'm, I'm interested to see it. I was a big fan of the Mandalorian. So I want to see, uh, season two once it comes out. Also random side note for Disney. Disney fans out there, uh, Mighty Ducks making a reboot. They're bringing back Emilio Estevez. So, I'm down for that. Ducks fly together, man.
1: I, I actually I want to buy the jersey, but I'm not sure I want to see a reboot of this again.
0: The jersey, the jerseys are actually going for pretty cheap on eBay.
1: Yeah, I think I, I've seen them for 20 30 bucks tops. Yeah, 30 bucks, yeah. Yeah, I just there, has there been a rumor about the storylines, or are we still...
0: No, I haven't heard anything about the storyline yet.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing this a couple weeks ago, and I just didn't even think... I didn't think much of it. I was like, all right, well... It's a new cool thing to do, folks. We're going to reboot everything a hundred times and totally ruin it.
0: Sounds about right.
1: Yeah, so it's, a, it's, a, it, uh, it's going to be a ten-episode series on Disney+. The fo- oh, this is interesting though. According to this article on Forbes, which actually was published earlier this week, none of the movies are actually on the platform right now.
0: Yep, that's true. For Mighty Ducks. None of them are there yet. They're all supposed to be coming in sometime in July or something like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, apparently that's not the only one. The the movie Turner and Hooch is being turned into a TV series for D-Plus D+ as well.
0: Hey, get that, get that paper, Disney
1: seriously let's hope let's hope you do that better than you did some of the newer star wars movies let's hope let's hope pa- pa- apparently we need to have a separate uh we, not just the sold out podcast not just the frenzy we're gonna need to do an entertainment show of some sort there you go well anyway as far as Sasha Banks go I think it's gonna this is gonna be similar to me like Gina Carano was on season one I'm gonna be waited staring at the screen for that first appearance and get all excited when it happens, it should be interesting. Cause yeah, I think she, I, I think it's gonna be interesting. I mean, some would argue that she already does act. She knows how to act. So there you go. Yeah, d- definitely should be fun. And then um, last WWE note, uh, sad note really. Um, uh, Kathy Kelly has officially left. Uh, NXT Takeover Portland was her last night. She did the normal Facebook chat video with Triple H after that show went off the air, and he really spoke very highly of her. I mean, poor, the poor girl was crying by the end of it. Um, the Undisputed Era came out and kind of made her an honorary member for, for a few minutes. Um, and then when they did the Undisputed Era post, they actually kind of stepped in front of her and left her in the back. It was it, it was funny, but um, she I really enjoyed her. The first time I saw her was actually at one of the Sam Roberts Summer Sam events, uh, podcast recordings. Uh, I was captivated and I used to I think I went with Stevie G at least twice and both times I was like, I really want to get a photo with her and I always chickened out for some stupid reason.
0: Just be like one of these fans and just show up at her house. There you
1: go. Oh god. Maybe m- maybe I could tweet Finn Balor and he could give me her number. There you go. There was a segment, an interview she did with him like a couple months ago after he returned to NXT and I remember watching it thinking I wonder how awkward this must be for the two of them because for those of you that don't know, she apparently was with him for quite some time and then things ended. Alright, and then uh, over to the AEW side. Uh, Not a ton of news there. Their big pay-per-view next week, Revolution is coming. Uh, We do know now officially the Tag Team Championship will be on the line. It's going to be Hangman Adam Page doing cowboy shit along with Kenny Omega and they'll be defending those belts against elite members, fellow elite members, the Young Bucks.
0: Woo! Also, All Elite Wrestling got their first run of wrestling figures.
1: Yeah, I saw that yet last night. Wicked Toys, I think.
0: Yeah, the initial run is gonna be Cody, Young Bucks, um, Brandy Rhodes and Kenny Omega.
1: And Chris uh and Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho, yes, with the title. Yes. How the hell did Brody Bri, How the hell did Brandy Rhodes get a figure before some of the other people? How how do you not have a Luchasaurus Source and Jungle Boy?
0: well because your husband runs the company that's how you get that nepotism at its finest man
1: yeah seriously uh for those of you that need to look up nepotism you're not alone (laughs) Uh, another thing aew uh we do not just have a wednesday night war apparently we have a thursday podcast war so after the bell the wwe podcast releases on thursday and for the first time today aew launched their own podcast, uh, being hosted by AEW referee Aubrey Edwards and everyone's favorite announcer from WCW Nitro, Tony Schiavone.
0: Blah, blah.
1: AEW Unfiltered. I, I'm curious. I I did subscribe. Um, I'm a week behind on my podcast. I always am. So I'll give you guys my thoughts on that podcast once. Once I get around to he- hearing the first episode, uh, it sounds like every week they're going to have a different wrestler on and they're going to be focusing on that, on that wrestler. But I, I-, I think it's a good move. I was actually kind of surprised that they didn't beat WWE to the punch on this one. As far as Shivani goes, that's two podcasts a week he's going to be doing now. And not, And I'm sorry, I said unfiltered. It's un- It's called unrestricted. But Shivani already does what happened when with Conrad Thompson. I'm sure there's going to be people asking what does this mean for that podcast. I don't think that's going away. But he's doing two hours minimum of AEW week. What happened when he's already doing watch-alongs, and they do entire pay-per-view shows. So that figure, on average, two and a half, three hours there. Now he's doing a weekly one hour with AEW. I mean, from a guy that that was managing uh, or working as a barista at starbucks and there's nothing wrong with that folks i'm totally okay with that i'm just referencing brit uh, Britt baker's way, way to job
0: shame him way to job shame
1: I'm not You're a job
0: total shame. Ca- uh cancel culture cancel culture culturing him right now way to go encyclopedia way to go yeah.
1: Dude, you know how I would have fucking marked out if I pulled up to a drive-thru extra Mocha Frap and Tony Schiavone was handing me... I met the guy. I met the guy last year WrestleMania weekend. He he did a show with Eric Bischoff, and I paid extra to get to meet them beforehand. Uh, Very nice, friendly guy. He was a little nervous that day. But anyway, uh, Schiavone's definitely keeping himself busy. The only thing I will shame him for is the double earring studs two little diamond earrings I just feel like I, I, I don't know it just doesn't work for me but be that as a man now we've got
0: a new little segment Cyclopedia came up with it the you fucked up moment of the week <laughs> what's the fucked up moment of the week for us this week in Psychopedia
1: Okay, so the you fucked up moment of the week. Uh, first off, this isn't necessarily a botch. It's what I I and or Freddie determined to be the worst wrestling moment of the week. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a fuck up. It could just be something that went according to script, WWE. Or maybe somebody was unscripted on AEW and totally fucked a promo. It could be a move botch. It could be anything. For me, it has to be last night's. Dynamite episode. We had the tag team battle royal. And we had SEU do a top rope crossbody onto half the freaking tag team roster. There was like fifteen guys and apparently they couldn't catch them. They all went down like a ton of bricks. It almost looked like the atomic bomb was dropped and everybody just exploded. It was freaking terrible. <laughs> So for those of you that love AEW and say how wonderful it is, am I really supposed to fucking believe that two guys are going to take out 20 guys and make them fall down like a ton of bricks? What are they, fucking Superman?
0: I love it. (laughs) I love it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the You Fucked Up Moment of the Week, brought to you by your good friends here at the Sports Friendly Podcast.
1: Now, all that being said, um, I, I do have a call to action here for Cody Rhodes. Um, he's one of the bright spots of AEW. Don't get me wrong. We as fans love the work that we're seeing in AEW, but they're going to such lengths at the AEW roster to try to get people's attention, and him, him especially. So last night he had a steel cage match with Wardlaw. Very entertaining segment. Uh, but I enjoyed when Aaron Anderson swung, was getting encouraged by MJF to hit Cody with the cage door and Anderson grabbed the door and smacked it back into MJF's head instead. Um, I didn't like that MJF no-sold Brandy's chair shots um, but for me it was when Cody went flying into the cage and he once again did a blade job and then the moonsault off the top Cody, we love you already. We, we, your fans are very appreciative of all the hard work you've done to get AEW going, along with Tony Khan and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. We don't want you to kill yourself or go to these lengths to entertain us. I mean, it's helpful, it, it, it's entertaining, it's great to do once in a while, but you're doing it so often. I first off, I think his, I think his skull at the rate, his scalp at the rate we're going, uh, his forehead's gonna look like a cheese grater. At the rate he's going.
0: Just like his pops.
1: Oh, my God. I just, it, it's just not necessary to me. And I, I, I hate to see anybody getting hurt unnecessarily on a frequent basis. And I feel like he's doing that. He doesn't need to. Um, I'm probably alone in this. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, give me your comments on this. I just i don't think it's necessary. he He's a great entertainer without all that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. I think he's got to just just do the job, you know, like that extra shit, tone it, tone it down a little bit, like let it rock, you don't have to freaking cut yourself every time, like we get it, everybody bleeds, but you don't need to bleed in every match or every big match, at this point we're just expecting it, and it, the awe or wow factor to it is gone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and this, and for the fans, you're not helping the matter either. I'm sorry, guys. When you start chanting everything, every single match that goes longer than 10 minutes, this is awesome. And holy shit, you're encouraging this stuff. And it's okay to for it to have that moment every once in a while, but you're so clamoring for it that when it doesn't happen, you act like it's a letdown, it's not good enough. Aren't you just happy being entertained watching the show for what it is without these guys killing each other? Because that's what it's going to come to. I really feel like we're going to see a death in the ring because somebody's going to go too far just to get the fans' reaction. When is is it too much?
0: It's never too much. For some of these freaking marks, it's never too much. I hear you. It's crazy.
1: But uh, speaking of marks, um, sorry, Mick. But one of the uh, biggest marks, probably at least a mark in the 80s, was Mick Foley. And that leads into our watch along for tonight. So it was February 27th, 2000. A 19-year-old encyclopedia was sitting at the Hartford Civic Center for his very first WWF pay-per-view. So this one's near and dear to me. And it was No Way Out 2000. It was Triple H versus Cactus Jack in the Hell in a Cell match for the WWF championship. The storyline had been going on for a few months already. The McMahon-Helmsley era was in full swing. Mick had already lost his job temporarily on Monday Night Raw back in early January. Eventually, was brought back. Had a great street fight against Cactus. Uh, it was ca- as Cactus Jack against Triple H. Uh, we got Cactus Jack here. Uh, but came up a came up a little short. Uh, this was the rematch, but uh, the catch was. Triple H granted him the title shot, but in exchange, Cactus had to put his career on the line. Uh, do you have any specific memories of this one?
0: Um, I remember this one. It was a good one. Um, you know, it was kind of like that rise of Cactus Jack. He had just started coming back big after his uh, little title feud. Remember with him and uh, what was it Chainsaw Charlie? which was Terry Funk against the Outlaws.
1: Uh, yeah, two years prior.
0: So it was kind of like his recurrence or resurgence, you would say. Um, I'm excited to rewatch this. I haven't seen this one in a while.
1: All right. So uh, let's, for those of you that want to watch along, turn on your WWE Network. Um, apparently... This is, we've been talking for so long because I never shut the hell up. Uh, I had this ready, fired up to go when we started recording, and my TV actually got fed up and turned itself off.
0: It's a longer episode for you guys, so uh, we hope you guys tune in, maybe catch this in two parts, pause it out, maybe maybe pull a, uh, maybe pull an Irishman, pull, pull an Irishman, watch it in two parts, listen to us in two parts. Um... You don't have to CGI us like they did in the Irishman. You know, we're live and in living color. We don't look like we're 95 years old pulling uh, double duty here. But um, I'm pulled up encyclopedia while you pull yours up. I am at uh, 20421. I pulled it up on the network. I searched No Way Out, found No Way Out 2000. Uh, Went down to their bookmarks page, or along the bottom in the bookmarks, and I pulled up the Triple H Mankind Cactus Jack Hell in a Cell.
1: So what's really weird for me Mm. is I did the same. I actually did a search for No Way Out. I went to the menu list, and it chose the match. And for some reason, when I hit play for the match, It starts off with Jericho and China. It was right after they had thrown Kurt Angle into the trunk of that car, and Jericho slams his fist down. I don't know why. Whoever did the bookmarking did a lousy job, at least on my version. But anyway. So,
0: 421 for you guys.
1: All right. Uh, And if I put it that loud, I'm going to blow you guys all the way. All right, so... All right, so you said... What's not
0: the choice of words you wanted to <laughs> Yeah. There you go. All
1: right. Yeah. Take that back. All right, so I'm going to start it. Uh, I'll start it with the match. You can hear the doo-doo-doo-doo in the background because I'm using Apple TV. Okay, so I'm at 204, 15, 16, 17, 18... I remember this card being there live and thinking, like, it could have been, like, a WrestleMania level, which, now that I go back and look at the entire card, I'm like, all right, it was a very, very good show, but not quite WrestleMania level, because we had, like, Taz and the Big Boss Man earlier, and I totally forgot, I must have blanked out that Mark Henry faced Viscera on this show.
0: It's good to see the AEW, uh,
1: I might have to lower this because you totally cut out on my end.
0: I was saying it, it's good to see um, AEW Steel Cage as WWE's entranceway. entrance
1: way. Oh God! Yeah, uh, you know what? All right, I'm gonna bash the AEW Steel Cage for a second. It almost felt like they were trying to be Hell in the Cell without the roof. Yeah.
0: Very, very similar. They wanted to be different WWE. WWE No Way Out 2000, and there's the W Steel Cage.
1: I got Triple, I got Triple H on the ring apron now, looking out over the fans, along with a uh, big busted Stephanie McMahon, and all her nippleific glory.
0: There we go. That's one of my favorite WWE titles, right there that he's got.
1: If I got a title belt, that would be my second choice. Uh, for me, it's the. Prior one to this, the winged eagle. That's my favorite. As you guys probably all know, if you paid attention to our graphic every yeah, week, you know. which
0: see, I, I would get this one over the winged eagle. Fair enough. That, but with the uh, the blue strap, that I think Austin had. Was yeah. it
1: wow. one of them? Yeah. Wow, I totally forgot that there were actually Triple H fans with "Foley Will Die" spelled out. Uh, I'm, I'm a little past that now, but Ca- got Cactus Jack entering now. Yeah. I don't remember going into this match if I thought he was legitimately gonna lose or not. I feel like kayfabe was still alive back here, or uh, yeah.
0: It's good to see McFoley without all his uh, Santa Claus stuff. So that's a plus.
1: God, he looks so different yeah. <laughs> now. Sometimes when you see him on TV, the poor guy barely walks. It's just, and this is this was one of those matches that contributed to the. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Now the thirteen minutes for the cage to come down.
1: Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. I, so I, I was I saw this Hell in a Cell live because I was there for this one, and then I saw the one, the pay per view, the very first Hell in a Cell pay per view uh, at Prudential Center. I think it was in oh9 ish, maybe uh, the one where CM Punk lost to Undertaker in like no time, and then they did. I think it was John Cena versus Randy Orton, and then we had DX versus Legacy, so we had three Hell in a Cell matches. And that was that double fencing, like, double. It's similar to what we got now. I feel like this Hell in a Cell was just so much aesthetically nicer to look at um, and more intimidating. I feel like today's Hell in a Cell is too cartoonish. Yeah.
0: What is it? Is it red now still?
1: Oh, God, yeah. So it's almost like they decided that we had to top the Punjabi prison for not for the fans in the arena not being able to see in with, with the new hell in a cell <laughs> how crazy would that have been if we actually got a Cactus Jack WWF title run <laughs>
0: that would have been crazy
1: so for you, three faces of Foley who was your favorite?
0: Hmm, that's a good one. Um, I would say when he first came out, he kind of freaked me out as Mankind. Okay. He got there. I do remember him from the WCW days, though, his early WCW days. You know, tuning in at 6.35 p.m. to Shotgun Saturday Night and Clash of the Champions and all that stuff.
1: It was WCW Saturday night. Shotgun Saturday
0: oh, yes. night was oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> WCW Saturday night. I yeah. remember watching those and watching them there. Um but I would have to say probably the most entertaining version of the three Foleys was probably Dude Love for me.
1: Okay.
0: I did enjoy his his work there, but I I did I I like to make the most when he was with the, you know, the rock and sock connection.
1: Okay. Yeah i I remember. I remember when he made that dude love debut. The first time you saw him was actually it wasn't him. You saw his boots tapping when Austin was basically fighting the bulldog and Owen Hart by himself. And I remember thinking, "Who the hell is this?"
0: Yeah. I, I do remember that. That was that was funny.
1: But uh, for me, I think I my first my first introduction to Mick Foley was the Mankind character. I didn't have TBS back then, so I didn't watch WCW. Uh, eventually, learned about all of that through his WCW and ECW days to, uh, years later, uh, when tape trading really became a thing and WCW was really on the map at that point. But uh, and it also. Might have been the fact that our local video store, every once in a while, would sneak in a WCW video as a rental option when the WWF videos were getting too expensive. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, it was... And it might have just been because... Because uh, it was the original Foley character. For me, I think it was always Cactus Jack. Um Funny but funny enough, the first time I actually saw Foley live was not here in his so-called last match. Uh, sorry, spoiler alert, folks. Foley loses. Um, for The first time I actually saw him, uh, Stevie G and I, along with a few other people, went to a house show right after Mankind had beat Triple H for the... Or, I'm sorry, The Rock for the belt in Worcester, Mass., they did a house show at the Continental Airlines Arena, which is today the locked-up IZOD Center at the Meadowlands. Um, or they might have changed the name again after that. But the first time, uh, was it was Mankind, and he defended the title against Kane on a house show.
0: A funny story. You should bring that up, the uh, Continental Airlines. Uh Took my son to see the Guardians Game, he's like, "What's that over there?" <laughs> you know, first it was the giant mall. Uh, what is that? Uh, American Dream or something like that? The name of that. Mold. Which is
1: that? Which is actually open now.
0: Yep. And um, he's like, "What's that over there? What stadium is that?" I was like, "Well, that was Continental Airlines." You know, gave him the whole backstory on it, but it was just funny because kids nowadays they have no idea what that is.
1: Uh, the fact that it's even still standing, I mean, folks, if you want in there, like, I was in there for UFC fights before they finally shut its doors and what have you. I know WWE, I think, was one of the last shows that ever ran there. I think they did a house show there. They still used as monitors throughout that that stadium tube TVs. Yeah. Yeah. And this was well after two TVs were a thing of the past, and HD TVs have been around for, like, over ten years at that point. Uh, so, this is an interesting spot. Stairs laid on Foley, and Triple H is beating the shit out of the stairs with a chair. <laughs> and I'm giving AEW crap, really.
0: Tons of damage he's doing there to Foley. Get to see Earl Habner still there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember I, I actually didn't think we were going to make it into the arena that night. Two of the guys – so Stevie G didn't go with me to this one. I went with two uh, – I actually went with a friend of his a fr- uh, and a friend of mine to this one, and I think Danny was with us, who was with me. Um, for those of you that are wondering, Dan the man, Stevie G, and I referenced. And – Steven's friend and my other friend decided to smoke up in the parking garage while the cops were literally one floor below us. Nice. And I remember thinking, holy shit, we're going to freaking get arrested before we even get up here. How am I going to explain to my parents why I got arrested in Hartford freaking Connecticut? Nice. See, th- this is something that's missing from today's wrestling. You saw Triple H three times in a row try to make the cover, you know... It seems like in a lot of matches now, and it's not an AEW thing. It's not a WWE thing necessarily. It happens on the indies. It happens really all over the place. Nobody goes for that quick three count, see if maybe they can catch their opponent off guard. It's like there's times you go through an entire match and the first pinfall attempt is right after a finisher.
0: It's very true, man. Nobody does these little small packages, none of that stuff anymore.
1: I miss that stuff. See, and your dogs apparently agree with us. The Triple H kicked out of after that DDT on the chair. If I remember correctly, the double-arm DDT was actually Cactus Jack's finisher. Um, he didn't do the mandible claw.
0: Yeah, when he was in WCW, it was that double-arm DDT. I remember his matches with, like, Vader and stuff from back in the day.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Was there ever footage of him losing his ear to Vader? Vader? I think that was in Germany, though, right? So there's probably no video footage of that. (laughs) Bang, bang. That's what Triple H was doing after this match, bang bang with Stephanie. <laughs> all man long. It's all about the dick and how she played it. <laughs> the other thing, and this was a. Vast different match than what we saw years later when Triple H faced Shawn Michaels. It's been mostly brawling. It has. I remember when Triple H and Shawn Michaels eventually went to Hell in a Cell. There was like so a lot of technical wrestling in that one, which I was just. It was a great match, excellent match the way they two killed each other for that one. They went like 40 minutes, but I remember thinking to myself, why are they not trying to beat the shit out of each other? You're locked in a cell.
0: Yeah, the one he had with Taker was brutal, too. That was just all over the spots and all that stuff. It wasn't... It was
1: WrestleMania. Yeah,
0: that was WrestleMania, and wasn't Jerry Lawler, Mankind, and um, Jerry Lawler, Michael Cole's, like, booth? That That was 27. That was 27.
1: 28 was the one in Miami, and then Shawn Michaels was actually a special guest referee. Oh, Right. The end of an era. The, the first Triple H Undertaker match was at WrestleMania 27. Well, at least the first one that they acknowledged, because we had to forget that Triple H has actually faced him at WrestleMania X7. Yeah. Hey, we got blood. There we go. And I, never, I didn't see a blade job there. But see, and even with Cody with the steel cage, like last night I was okay with it. because I I, I don't like seeing him take too much of a beating. (laughs) But in a cage match, you expect, that's more of an occasion where you expect somebody to bleed. I mean, unfortunately, WWE with the no blood policy, now you see guys get thrown into the steel cage, like fencing, like three, four, five times in a row, and there's no blood, and it's kind of, that realism I do miss.
0: Right, now remind me, why was it again that they, like, 13 padlocks on the door? For <laughs> to,
1: to keep Kane out? No, I don't <laughs> know. It might have been to make sure DX didn't get involved. I'm not sure. Uh, spoiler alert not, they will not be contained. Nice. This is when Stephanie really would go over the top with the acting during this era. So, you do you agree with me? You prefer this Hell in a Cell cage to the newer style, right? Yeah, for sure. I really wonder why they had to change it. It's, it's also like when, you know, when they do the pyro now. You know, they brought the pyro back recently. They took it away. The pyro... Yeah... Produces a great visual, but am I going to a wrestling show to see the pyro? Ah, chair shot off the top ro- or the middle rope. Oh, you see that? Triple H convulsing? Young Bucks, that's called selling.
0: That's how you do it.
1: I wonder if the Young Bucks will sell for Hangman and Kenny Omega next week. Did you see the super kick uh, Sammy Guevara took and his knees bent back on the landing? How the hell he didn't blow either one of his knees out. God only knows. Oh, There it is, folks. The cage has been ripped open. (coughs) How (coughs) would Finkel? In the back. God, I miss it. Hey, Cactus Jack just defeated the cell wall.
0: Only to roll back in. Good job there, buddy.
1: (laughs) Gave Triple H a breather there. And look at that. Cactus managed to break skin by going through the fencing on his own. Nope. Jr's got blood yeah. on him. I who's sure. gonna pay? Who's gonna pay? Who's gonna pay the dry cleaning bill? Yeah. That actually, that actually, I was sitting in the, I wasn't on the floor, but I was in one of the, the that lower section, rising up, and I was actually diagonally from where that, where that was. Actually, I probably got the photo somewhere. Maybe I could, maybe I'll over the next week or so. I'll try to see if I can scan that and share that with everybody. And what Hell in a Cell match will be complete back then without going to the top of it? Wow! Stuff getting busy! (laughs) This is back in that era where... uh Oh, nipolitis!
0: It's a little chilly in the arena.
1: I was gonna say I don't remember it being very warm in there
0: it was February so I'm sure it was it
1: was cold it was cold outside that time that's true there's Barbie I like how he has a handle branded on there too so he could carry it up to the top. perfectly symmetrical wrapped around there too oh god
0: damn you know that hurt right. <sighs>
1: And pro- the picture was probably not this clear on pay-per-view back then, now with the HDTVs. I mean, e- e- even to digitize it, they- there's some cleanup going on there. Now we got them both climbing up to the top at this point. <laughs> the fence is conveniently has holes in it for them to grab onto.
0: I wonder if they the new Hell in a Cell was reinforced.
1: Oh, definitely, it definitely was.
0: Because this one, you you saw how flimsy. It was. Now,
1: at the same point, WWE also had changed. ow. they had changed the uh, steel cage. They had got they had fencing, and then they went to the old blue style, and then they eventually went back to the fencing. I actually didn't mind the blue style as much. I was okay with that, but did you have a preference there?
0: I like the blue style.
1: Okay, so see you're the same.
0: I'm sure that was super cumbersome to transport. So that's probably why they switched it up to this paneling, where they can kind of break it down and...
1: That's true. Yeah, now now when they have the steel cage like hanging above the ring, before I just I think part of the excitement was seeing them assembling that thing back in the day. Fencing or the blue, I I, I liked the blue. I was sad to see it go, but I know they really only brought that in when uh, King Kong Bundy was facing Hogan at WrestleMania two. And I know there's a lot of debate whether steel cage matches should be pinfall, and submission only, or escaping over the top. I actually I think the escaping over the top made it interesting. I w- the Bret Hart Owen Hart match specifically stood out in my mind, yeah. which I know Steve I know we did a watch Stevie G and I did a watch along for that months ago. And this was actually the second time that they were locked in to a cage type environment. Uh, we had. We had Mankind versus Triple H at the 1997 SummerSlam. That was the one where Foley went up to the top to emulate Superfly, ripped open his shirt. It was supposed to reveal the heart, and the heart had sweated off him.
0: It was just a giant red blob. <laughs> yeah.
1: I guess this is one of those moments where they kind of fucked up because Foley was trying to get that chair up there, and...
0: It never made it.
1: I don't think A-Rod could have made that throw. I mean, come on. Not Not a chair. Oh, God, here we go again. And see, this was the thing with these Hell in a Cell matches back then, this was... There was a build-up to this. You didn't get it as a one-off at a pay-per-view like we saw with The Fiend and Seth Rollins and, like, the worst Hell in a Cell match of all time. Or maybe that was CM Punk versus Ryback. I don't know. Um, Actually, if you think about it, Punk didn't have a very good... Uh,
0: track record for Hells.
1: Yeah. But, uh... But this was built up over, like, a two-month period. They... Are, you didn't start with this. Yeah, it,
0: this, wasn't, this was the blow-off. This wasn't the, the start-up.
1: Or we thought it was the blow-off because then at WrestleMania 2000, Foley and Triple H were in the ring again, although that was with Rocket and Big Show included. That that setup it really started that this night because the Rocket put the number one contendership on the line against the Big Show because that that match took place before this one. And that was because The Rock won the Royal Rumble, but uh, there's some debate about this, but The Rock's feet actually hit the floor before Big Show's did. So Big Show used video replay to prove that he should have been number one contender. And Shane actually turned on, or came out and cost The Rock the match. Now, how bad would
0: this have been, this spot, if that change mm -hmm. breaks out? Underneath them, and they just plummet right into like the corner and the steps that are there.
1: God, if one, if one of them had landed post first or steps first, would have been paralyzed probably. <laughs> now, if somebody had asked for a three count here, how the hell would the referee have counted that?
0: From from underneath, possibly.
1: Yes. Now oh, Stephanie looks so young there. <laughs> not that she does not now. I mean.
0: Yeah, I was going to say she probably looks younger now.
1: Um, my my wife is not in the room with me, so I'll just say it right now, I still hit it. <laughs> Here it comes. Fire! 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 Which actually was relevant to this time period. Beavis it's and Butthead was still on the air. It back was still, then. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, there's a show we should bring back yeah. Beavis and Butthead.
0: That'll work out real well now.
1: Well, oh, Jesus Christ, South Park was on back then, and it's still on. Yeah, it's true. Simpsons. Family Guy. Was Family Guy around back then? Holy shit. Oh, there's something we don't actually see. <coughs> though, I didn't even think about that. Cactus Jack signaled that he was going for the pile driver. You don't see them necessarily signaling for the moves. Yeah. Uh dude. So I was there live. You hear that? Uh-huh. How how quiet the crowd got after that one. And look at even Triple H selling it like, "Holy shit, what the hell just happened?" I mean, yeah, obviously it was. Holy shit, <laughs>
0: chance when when they, when it meant something. Yeah, not like every time at every show you go to. You know, that shit had to hurt.
1: Absolutely. I remember somebody was like, oh, there was probably a mattress under that hole. And I wanted to be like, shut the hell up. <laughs> and It was tough because this was after the infamous Mankind Undertaker Hell in a Cell match. And back then, you know, they did try more so. It was still an era where you could still try to... S- one up what happened in the past. I mean, now I think with Hell in the Cell, there's just only so much you could do at this point. But yeah, I get. How do you top him going through the cage the last time? Oh, we'll have him go through the ring too. Yeah.
0: Now, was this the one where he pulls out the tax on him? I can't
1: remember. Mm, I don't think this time. I don't think so. Game. No, if I remember correctly, I think he hits him with a pedigree, he kicks out, and then he hits him with a second one, and that time is, he's done. If, if I'm if i remembering correctly. Sorry, folks, the encyclopedia sometimes, those, you know, those... Those encyclopedias back in the day get dust all over them. It's hard to read what uh, what's contained in there. So this encyclopedia's memory isn't always as great as I'd like it to be. Oh, I guess it was this one category. Wow, folks! Did you see that? A finisher ended the match,
0: and only one of them, not seven.
1: And actually, this was one of those shows because his career was on the line that I I think it would have been acceptable for him to at least kick out the first time.
0: But there you guys have it. Hell in a Cell, No Way Out, February 27th, 2000.
1: And, folks, this goes to show you, Freddie's like, done with this episode. He's like, all right, enough. (laughs) I'm sitting here willing to go up to that last shot.
0: Triple H is like screw it I'm not walking out the door take this cage up
1: I don't remember people leaving the arena in a mass exodus either when this happened I mean this was really the beginning of that era where people felt like Triple H had to win everything Right. but I mean in the very next month he was like the first heel champion to ever walk out of WrestleMania retaining. It's true. That, there was always that formula prior to that that the heel did the job for the face who became the new champion. Not here. But yeah, this... Be, being there live, I remember... We, the, the, we were, I think we were all kind of stunned. I think because his career was on the line... Nobody, and I said this before, I don't think anybody was really 100% sure that this was going to be his last appearance. Yeah. It's kind of like when uh, Shawn Michaels, the second time he faced Undertaker at WrestleMania, at WrestleMania 26, and he put his career on the line. It was one of those where, up until maybe a week be- week or two before where the rumors really started coming out, people really thought, wow, he's going to end the streak. It was a time period where if there was a career-ending match or someone put the career on the line, that probably meant they're winning it. Um, not so much these days. And I a I, f- few weeks after this, uh, when they were announcing the WrestleMania 2000 main event, and Linda paraded Foley out because there had to be a McMahon in every corner at that WrestleMania. They, uh, I remember Mick saying he did what nobody else had done before. He lost his, a retirement match and came back in three weeks.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: It's kind of sad now that they're showing the replay of him going through the canvas when he hits, I'm like, you know what? That doesn't look as impressive as it did when the canvas didn't cave in like that. Look at this place going crazy. Nobody had left.
0: Yeah, it was still full. full.
1: In fact, I remember standing there and after he walked through that entrance, we all stayed there for another couple minutes thinking maybe he was going to come back out and do one last wave. Like even though he had waved already. That's good. Kind of gives the bang bang. I think, for, yeah. There. Yeah. All right. Wow. I think I've I haven't watched that match in a long time. I think I'd watched it two or three other times before, and actually the runtime on this event was two hours and thirty six minutes. I don't remember it ending that quickly, so I suspect they had cut some stuff out on the network version. But uh, being there live, that was my first show. I mean, it opened up with. The current AEW champion Chris Jericho uh, defending. Then it was the Intercontinental title against the new European champion Kurt Angle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, uh, Big Show. Big Show, we're gonna probably see on Raw here in the next couple of weeks because someone's got to fill in for Samoa Joe while he's injured in that whole Kevin Owens Samoa uh, and uh, Viking Raiders feud with the Monday Night Messiah Seth Rollins and his his faction, so to speak. Uh, It, it's amazing 20 years later that some of these guys are still active. It goes to show you how the longevity's changed. Um, it's very true. Not, not, not that you didn't see guys from the 70s necessarily wrapping it up here, but it wasn't as much. And there was so, with the drug culture back in the 80s, a lot of those guys didn't make it 10, 15, 20 years later. So uh, They
0: were dying off halfway through their career.
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that uh give you a little two-parter really to this week um next week we're definitely bringing the fire we actually have two shows to preview
0: just so stay tuned for that Bring it yeah in.
1: so well yeah so what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to record the super showdown preview and get that out to you before that show airs and then we'll do the revolution preview uh, a few days later so you'll probably get two shorter episodes um, so to speak, uh, you know, we'll try to cover some of the latest stuff that's happening. But um, that being said, I'm gonna preface this right now: the Revolution preview will probably not include our thoughts on Super Showdown because I'm not taking off work to sit through a house show.
0: There you go. Neither am I.
1: And we're gonna be recording that next Thursday. So hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, if you if you like what we're doing, if you have some ideas on some other things we could be doing uh if you like the tweet of the week if you like the uh you fucked up moment of the week or you got some other ideas for us uh let us know put it in the comments spread the word rate us on itunes uh rate us on google podcast spread the love folks wherever you wherever you
0: guys consume your podcast feed it enjoy it let's let's keep building this and we love we love doing it. We love bringing you guys the content. So you'll have us in your ears as long as you want us. With that being said, www.thesportsfrenzypodcast.com. This Sports Frenzy Podcast on Instagram, The Sports Frenzy Pod on Twitter. Find us, like us, comment, and we will see you guys next week. Peace.